Hello, everyone. Today, Craig Compagnon, Chief Operations Officer of MMGY Global, updates Ruth Ann Terrero of Luxury Travel Advisor on the effects the coronavirus is having on the travel industry and on marketers. Craig, thank you so much for joining us today. This is great to have you on the air. Yeah, happy to do so. Well, you know, you and I spoke really less than 24 hours ago and um, woke up this morning and things are much different. There's been a travel ban from Europe that's been put in place for the United States overnight. Um, and so the landscape has changed. Yet uh, at the same time, I think it's still really important that you and I talk about the scenario for travel. And I was wondering if you can kind of walk us through what MMGY Global does in terms of your research so that our audience will understand where you're coming from with uh, your comments. Absolutely. And again, thanks for having me. You're right. Uh, things have transpired mm -hmm. a lot in the last 24 hours, um, and, and I can imagine that they will continue to do so in the next 24 hours. Uh, it's It's really a sign of how our industry is uh, trying to react and remain nimble to uh, this outbreak and the politics and policies that are changing in turn with it. So a little bit about our organization, MMGY Global is a travel and tourism marketing company. We actually represent nine different brands across the globe that focus on everything from consulting and research to advertising and public relations. Um, all nine of those brands focus specifically on the travel and tourism industry, which is why we do a heavy investment in research to better understand uh, the industry and the consumers traveling within that industry. So to answer your question directly on the type of data and research that we have, we have a national panel that goes out monthly to North American travelers who travel both domestically and internationally outbound. We also do some syndicated studies around travel. We have a quarterly panel that goes out nationally to focus on the health and wellness of the industry. Uh, we've been doing that for the better part of two decades. It focuses on a travel sentiment index against multiple variables and how our industry is reacting to local events. We also do custom studies and surveys from time to time. So one such study that uh, we've recently embarked on is a partnership with the Destination International Foundation. And mm -hmm. what we wanted to do is specifically look more from a B2B standpoint, how the industry, destination marketing and management organizations specifically, are adapting, reacting to, and uh, changing their policies as things shift within the industry. So. We can talk a little bit about that data specifically because um, we're going to do a benchmarking against that and go out to the market every two weeks and really focus okay. on how these organizations are adapting. That's fantastic. So you're really in close touch with a number of different sectors, um, consumers, the industry, the trade, uh, destination marketers. So uh, it's going to be fascinating to speak with you. Um, so in terms of what we know today, and again, with things changing so much, can you uh, let us know what you've been seeing and hearing through your research? <laughs> well, what we know today is that things will be different tomorrow, right? <laughs> yes. So, you know, 
At the end of last month, we know that international outbound travel from U.S. travelers was down by 20%. Clearly, the European ban is going to have a dramatic impact on that. I believe uh, U.S. Travel Association sent out a note uh, in response to the presidential address last night that um, said European uh, travel, inbound travel to the states represented roughly 30% of all inbound flights to the U.S. uh, in the month of March. Uh, So we know that that's going to change dramatically based on the events this week. We also know that what we've seen thus far, at least in the initial impact in the U.S., is that business travel, especially related to meetings and group events, has been dramatically impacted. Interestingly enough, that has been par for the course with other events that have impacted our industry. We saw business drop first with SARS, swine flu, certainly um, in 9-11, post 9-11, we saw that big hit as well. When we did our survey out with Destinations International last week, uh, destination marketers said that 40% of them had seen a drop in their destinations based on events being canceled. And then, of course, this week, yeah, and then, of course, this week we get announcements from the NCAA saying that they are not going to be inviting guests or attendees for the NCAA tournament basketball games. The NBA. huge. uh, Yeah, the, the NBA last night says, we're suspending the entire remaining season indefinitely. Uh, you have South by Southwest, which uh, was uh, postponed. So all of these things clearly are going to have a major impact on business and group travel. And that's probably where the biggest volatility is. And um, then, you know, I think based on the ripple effects that we see following yesterday's address, I think we're going to now start to see a lot of softness and demand, at least in the immediate future, on the leisure side, too. Oh, for sure, for sure. And just to add on to what you were talking about in terms of business travel, the big meeting show, um, IMEX, has been moved uh, in May, and so that's another huge conference that's been canceled temporarily at least. And so we're just seeing major, major, major moves at this point for the industry. That's a great point. I didn't even address that aspect of the B2B and the industry side. You have IMEX, which was moved. You have ATM, um, WTM's um, uh, Middle Eastern Conference, which was pushed to, I believe, middle of the summer. Um, You have ITB, which was just outright canceled Mm. this year. Remains to be seen what happens with IPW, um, but in light of recent events, my assumption would be that there are going to be changes there. So we also have all of these industry events that are now shifting and being affected, which not only impacts the local economies and travel, but has a dramatic impact on how we are doing business with intermediaries uh, as travel brands and companies moving forward. So we're going to need to figure out how to work together as an industry to maintain those connections and that level of communication 
without these face-to-face events? That's huge. That's just a big question mark at this point. Um, so hopefully we'll be able to figure it out through technology. But, yes, that will create a huge gap in the marketplace with the intermediaries not being able to speak to each other in person at this time. Um, just in terms of leisure, so it seems as if we're seeing all sorts of different reactions. Uh, you know, of course, with the cruise lines, you're seeing um, people – just outright canceling, like even into next year, um, which is questionable, but people are scared right now. And then you've always got the intrepid travelers, right? And so you've got people like, oh, travel deals are out there right now. I'm going. And people who just don't really get that nervous about events of this nature, um, although this is really unprecedented, but people who don't show a lot of concern and will travel anyway. What are you seeing? What are you hearing in terms of how travelers are responding? Well, I think it's a little too early to see specifically how travelers uh, from a leisure standpoint will respond. But what we can look to, even though you're right, this is unprecedented, is what's happened in the past. Uh, So when uh, the SARS outbreak happened, as an example, uh, we certainly saw leisure drop temporarily, but then we saw major spikes in leisure travel Uh, rebound rather quickly. It took, uh, this happened in the recession as well, it took group um, business and business travel a little bit longer to uh, rebound, uh, but leisure travel did rebound more quickly. So in that regard, I I will likely see the the industry reacting by by putting more of a focus on leisure. You're right. Mm -hmm. There are um, segments of travelers who are not swayed by um, events and will continue to carry on and travel. Um, We call those resilient travelers in our organization. And in fact, we're doing some work right now with some proximity data companies as well as other travel industry data to start identifying those segments and finding ways that we can reach them uh, more directly. We believe that that will be an important aspect of, you know, not necessarily um, mitigating entirely the impact that we're going to see. We will see an impact, but instead handling it and managing it for our our travel brands as best as we can. So if there are travelers out there who will continue to travel, and we believe there are, let's make Mm -hmm. sure that we're reinforcing our message to the right travelers and investing our marketing dollars wisely as opposed to just going dark completely as an industry and throwing up our hands and shutting down. I think that's so important for sure. And now before the outbreak, your team was already predicting or seeing evidence of more and more road trips happening. Are you anticipating that number growing even more so? Absolutely. Uh, So you're right. Prior to this, really over the last four to five years, our research has shown an increased popularity and demand for road trips in the U.S. specifically. Um, I think by roughly a 20-point swing, um, I believe four to five years ago, we were in the 30 percentile range of travelers who had taken what they determined was a road trip vacation. And just last year, we were above the 50% mark. So that popularity already existed. And, you know, we tack it to 
a shift in what consumers are really looking for in their travel. We see evidence in our research about motivations for exploration, uh, being the first of their friends and peers to travel to new destinations, experiencing more local authentic um, activities. Mm -hmm. So we think road trip uh, road trips create a nice platform to be able to do that. In today's environment, with the drop-offs that we are likely to see and travelers willing to get on an airplane, even while this is less impactful in the U.S. but more impactful in Europe uh, and the U.K., even travelers' willingness to get on a train, uh, we yeah. do believe that the rental car industry um, – We'll probably see a little bit of an uptick, and we'll, we believe that we'll see uh, this idea of road trips, um, most likely to more short-haul markets um, or drive-range markets, will probably be the road ahead, at least in the immediate future. Sure, you can. they might have a sense that they would have more control over their environment, certainly if they're in a car rather than a train or a plane or whatever it might be. And in addition to having more control over their environment, more control over uh, the timing of that. So to, re to be more nimble and reactive to changing situations. Um, right now, I think the industry is doing a good job, a reasonable job, of creating flexibility around cancellation fees. Uh, but there's still not quite a full level of assurance from the airlines as an example of when you can reuse those credits or how far in advance you can cancel. And I think we'll see a little bit of a backlash on that where travelers would prefer to control their own destiny on being able to postpone a trip or cancel a trip because this environment that we're in is so fluid and consistently changing. Definitely. There's so much changing, and I think you're right. Even though suppliers are doing or it seems as if they're trying to do a good job these days, there are just so many questions and so many changing situations that it's really super difficult for them to keep up. Do you have any other comments on how the industry is reacting? Uh, how about destination organizations? Are they doing anything differently? Well, it's interesting because uh, yesterday I would have answered that question much differently. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I remember the yeah. research. Yeah. <laughs> so the research that uh, we had done specifically with uh, destination organizations had shown that they were staying the course, which I applauded um, that the industry was not having a knee-jerk reaction to some of these things. Uh, in fact, less than 30% of the destination organizations that we had pulled had said that they had uh, shifted sales and marketing efforts, as an example. So we really saw the industry taking to heart this idea that we don't want to overreact. We want to see how things play out. I think the travel ban in Europe and now the ripple effect that that's creating uh, just today alone in regard to you know, Princess Cruises has suspended their routes for at least 30 days. I believe Viking Cruises has done the same. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then we already had discussed the types of events uh, that are being canceled. I think you're going to see uh, destination organizations moving quickly now and reshifting their focus. What I hope again, is that this is not um, 
a reaction of let's stop marketing to consumers altogether, uh, what I would advise is that as an industry, we are just being more thoughtful about the type of messaging that we are sending and to whom we are sending it. There will be demand created for travel with cancellations of trips that were otherwise planned to Europe, to Asia. And again, I believe that demand, though it may take 30 days or so for that demand Mm -hmm. to build up, I think that demand will ultimately result in an increase in domestic travel. Domestic travel, for sure. And how about, so when you talk about sales and marketing for domestic travel, do you have any other recommendations for tourism offices and how they should be marketing to consumers? I know it's a sensitive situation, so they want to get the right messaging out there. Right. Well, you mentioned the the intrepid traveler or the traveler that may be less swayed to uh, change their travel plans or stop traveling altogether. I think that what you're going to see is a refocus on even more segmented and personalized messaging, not just from destination organizations, but from travel brands altogether. So I think that there's going to be probably a shift away from what we in the marketing world would call higher funnel uh, marketing and media efforts and inspirational uh, efforts to more of a direct consumer focus on specific opportunities that can um, easily be be changed and and, uh, messaging can be updated to be more nimble. Um, So I think you'll see that among all travel brands and organizations moving into the next 30, 60, 90 days. Mm -hmm. So it'll be interesting to see how then that impacts um, intermediaries, our travel advisors, et cetera, as well. I think the inherent um, reaction by organizations is going to be to go direct to consumer to do that. However, if intermediaries can find a way to help our travel brands in reaching the right traveler with the right message on a more targeted basis, then I think travel advisors especially have a real opportunity here to play an important role for our industry as we continue to see how things evolve. Because one of the things that our research certainly shows is that travel advisors are actually a very trusted resource um, and not necessarily amongst the stereotypical groups that you would think, we've seen for years that younger um, generations, like the millennial generation, are actually oftentimes turning to travel advisors as well uh, for assistance with travel. And, you know, anecdotally, we chalk that up to uh, travelers who may be now starting to focus on higher spend leisure trips, more complex leisure trips, but maybe they don't have the experience um, booking those types of trips, and so they are looking for a trusted advisor who can help them do that. What we'll have to see is how does the recent shifts in the industry impact Mm -hmm. that? Are we as an industry going to have a knee-jerk reaction and start cutting rate uh, to move distressed inventory? 
Um, because if that happens, which we obviously saw that happen, especially in the last recession in 2007, um, then I think you're going to start seeing the OTAs rise back to the top. And you are going to start seeing consumers shift into more of a direct booking last minute focus. So Again, no no silver bullet um, or crystal ball forecast here on what's going to happen, but I think the important message for the travel advisors is find the role that you can play for your clients and future clients to kind of assist in that trust and that um, advisory capacity. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, one interesting thing that we were seeing a bit of and hearing from travel advisors about, especially on the luxury side, is that some uh, older clients didn't necessarily want to take the long flights anymore. And this is last year, two years ago. Uh, They didn't necessarily want to fly internationally. They might find it fatiguing. And so the luxury travel advisors were already seeing an uptick in domestic travel. And I would think that certainly some of these wonderful remote ranch destinations that have uh, opened up over the past few years will do well. I'm seeing a lot of press releases for um, renting out private homes, which has been very popular in the past uh, few years because of Airbnb and everyone wanting, as you had said earlier, that authentic experience, the private villas and whatnot. So we might see a bit of a, a, a move toward that type of travel as well. And certainly, and hopefully on the luxury side, the travel advisor has already been counseling their clients on all the great things there are to do right here in the United States. For sure. What will be interesting in the interim, and when I say interim, meaning the next 30 to 60 days, uh, is what will happen with the shared accommodations, um, both at 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 a lower tier level, but also at the luxury level. We've had those discussions internally as a group as well. Um, it'll just be interesting to see what the perception of the consumer is and the reaction to this. Uh, it could be that uh, consumers see a controlled environment where they are not around higher masses of people being uh, positive for travel and, and yeah. feeling a little less concerned. But we could also see some concerns in that um reality around uh, hygiene and cleanliness and how much have these homes really been cleaned um, professionally since the last occupants. So it'll be interesting to see how consumers react to that as well. That'll be an interesting shift, a different mindset for sure. Well, Craig, it's great to speak to you. I truly appreciate your jumping on uh, the line to speak to us about your latest findings, and I really look forward to speaking to you again soon. And I'm sure the one thing we can guarantee is the next time that we speak, things will have already changed quite a lot more. So thank you so much for joining us today. You bet. Happy to do so. Thanks. Thank you, Craig, for those insights on travel. We appreciate the update.